0: Hey there, motor Sports fans, and welcome to another episode of the NRL show. I am your host, Lainey. We share with you our tips and previews for round 23 of the NRL, and like you, we are watching our teams very closely to see which clubs will be booking a spot for finals and which teams will be kissing those finals hopes goodbye. In this episode, we look back at the best and worst performances of round 22, and we look forward to round 23. So the Canterbury Bulldogs have the bye this week. They enjoyed a win in the past round over the Dolphins and it was a single point between them. Enjoy the rest Bulldogs as you have the Penrith Panthers to face on your return. So we will preview the eight matches ahead on the show and there is a lot to talk about. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello everyone and welcome to the Mojo Sports NRL show. We don't have the full panel on tonight, it's just me and you, Emma, so our listeners have our dulcet tones to enjoy this episode. So Emma, wondering how you are as your team, the Cowboys, became another victim of the Sunday final match upset, um, and because Gabby took the Cowboys last week and said her tipping powers were open for the Cowboys, what's going on? How are you feeling?
1: <laughs> yeah, she definitely lied about that. She um She's coming back to, to get me, but yeah, I was pretty devastated. They came out pretty strong and I was pretty confident um, on the podcast talking about them and I thought... Even, even when they came out, they would they were doing okay. I could tell that the Titans really wanted it though. But just co- going into that second half, um, the Cowboys looked bastard. Like I don't know if they've had a big, big weekend up in Surface Paradise, but um, they just looked so tired and just weren't able to to keep up. And then the second half, like they just came out looking weak as, and yeah, Titans took full advantage of that and got the win. But yeah, hopefully they can. Turn it around this weekend.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've I've got my hopes high for you. It's funny because when I saw the score and I thought, oh, Gabby, you said last week, my powers are over. What is going on? And we've got eight matches ahead. Um, I managed to watch the NRLW matches and the Bledisloe Cup too um, here in Sydney. We had such great weather. I actually wonder how many of our listeners headed out to watch some of the live matches, but it really was perfect conditions everywhere for football. So in our tips for the last round, we all tipped. Broncos, Storm and Panthers. So we're all aligned there. And not to go on about it and have it relived for you, Emma. uh, We all tipped the Cowboys. My goodness, that was quite an unexpected outcome. Uh, Lachlan was right. The Bulldogs versus Dolphins match was indeed close. And he was the only one that tipped them to win. But I'd say it's a congratulations to you, Emma and Lachlan, because you both tied in tips for the last round with six out of eight. Any comments on your results? I mean, Emma, you thought the Dolphins would get up over the Bulldogs. That was a sad match in the dying minutes.
1: Yeah, I think that was probably the one I was most shocked about. Um, I know probably a a few people might have gone with Lachlan and gone the Bulldogs, but, um, yeah, I just haven't seen the Bulldogs really do much, and I think they're actually probably one of the ones that I would pick for the the best performance just because it's such a shock to me. I don't know if they were actually the best, but just because it's a lot better than I've seen them play all season, and, um, yeah, I think they deserve full credit for getting that win.
0: Yeah, agree, absolutely agree. As we usually do, let's all review around twenty-two team or player best performance. Are you yeah, going to stick with the Bulldogs?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm going with the Bulldogs. I think they, I think they did well. That was a really good win for them.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm going to single out two players. Uh, best player, Cameron McGinnis for the Cronulla Sharks, breaking the tackle record in the NRL. So he made 83 tackles in an 80-minute match for the Sharks, which yeah. is actually e- excellent work for a player because uh, he was playing lock. Um, there have been a lot of mixed responses about his achievement because some people have said it's a result of his of perhaps his team not doing enough uh, to help him, uh, which is kind of, yeah, I can see it from that perspective. but. You know, I do believe it's true to a degree, but he just showed how determined and tough a player he is. So, you know, truly hats off for him for this achievement. I hope he's made most of all the physios, specialists, you know, sleep recovery and other body rehab after that effort. Um, I'd say he'd be proud of that for a while. I think that's that record will perhaps be untouched for a while. Uh, but, yeah, top individual effort, and he'll have that tough guy reputation follow him around throughout his career. So, yeah, well done to Cameron McGuinness.
1: Yeah, that was super impressive. Um, yeah, I think Adrian said he would have probably been sore the next day, but um, I don't think it really matters whether it was the team that wasn't doing enough or 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 what. Like he still put in the effort and got those tackles and imagine if he wasn't there what, he, what they would have been um, needing. So, yeah, good on him.
0: And the other player I wanted to single out was Pat Carrigan getting his first try. Yeah, um, so I think. That was perhaps the highlight of the round for me. Uh, It was so good to see the celebration from his teammates and fans. I think social media collectively came together to celebrate the achievement. Um, And I think even fans of other clubs as well, you know, it's like, yeah, good on you, patty. You got the try. So wonderful for him.
1: Yeah, he's such a likeable player too. So I think everyone was pretty stoked for him. Um, and look,
0: it'd be remiss of me to not point out perhaps the Newcastle Knights was among the impressive teams in um, the last round. They really caught my attention. Uh, they were able to get that win in Canberra over the Raiders. <laughs> I remember we were sort of talking that, oh yeah, it's Canberra, it's the Raiders in front of their home crowd, but Knights were like, no, no sweat, we got it. Tip the Knights, did I? You did. You and I were the only two that tipped the Knights.
1: Yeah, we know what's up.
0: Exactly. <laughs> Gabby Loughlin. come on, please. <laughs> <laughs> all right so thanks for that those are the best did you have any underperforming subpar performances that you wanted to sort of call out
1: um I'm gonna pick on the eels just because I like picking on the eels <laughs>
0: <laughs> I had the eels too I you know I don't want to take away from the storms great performance but they just weren't able to work it out hmm. yep. yeah I, I took a cab yesterday and uh, my cab driver Lebanese very thick accent you know, spoke to me with, I think he was at like level 10 volume while I was speaking at level five. Um, And uh, it was almost immediately in the first two minutes he asked, oh, so do you watch sport? And I went, of course. You know, I said, only in our round. He goes, who's your team? And we got straight into it. And sure enough, he's an Eels fan. So, of course, I had a lot to talk about. (laughs) But but he also had a lot to tell me about positives. We didn't have those suspensions. (laughs) (laughs) The energy was fantastic. So, yeah. I have a feeling that um, Gabby's partner um, may have spent the day, all the week, <laughs> just sort of <laughs> looking a bit glum. But yeah, there's not much takeaway from that performance from the Eels. I'm sorry. Hopefully, yeah. they'll do something to turn it around. Well, at least she was smiling at the end of the night, and her team being victorious. But like, as she said, paramedic supporters need a lot of support. <laughs> All right, so we're in round 23. Now, there's only one bye this week, and that's for the Canterbury Bulldogs. So the Bulldogs pulled out a win over the Dolphins with a single point separating them. And returning from being absent since round four, Kiko was back from his peck injury and even scored a try for the side. Who knew? So enjoy the rest, Bulldogs. Take the week to work out which players will be playing and what positions for the remaining of the season as they will... There were some big changes in past weeks, so they're 15th on the ladder and might be plotting how they will overcome the Knights when they return from their bye, which is their match on their return. All right, so let's get into the matches ahead. There's a lot to cover. Uh, So the first match of the round is at the SCG with the Sydney Roosters hosting the Manly Sea Eagles at 14th place. The Roosters were easily put away by the Brisbane Broncos in the past round and Manly pulled out quite a feat they got some wind under their wings with uh for delhi cherry evans's 300 game milestone to beat the dragons so in this particular match emma tell us what can we expect
1: i just said both uh, sides are hoping to get the win in order to keep their final hopes alive i think um yeah i think the roosters will probably have to do a little bit more um from looking at the ladder the last time they met mainly actually got up by uh, two points in that 18 to 16 victory Manly are currently sitting in 10th, so it's still a possibility that they will make the finals uh, if they continue to keep finding their form. Uh, but the Roosters are in 14th, so I think that means that they need to um, win every game, including this one, to make the top eight. Good luck to the Roosters, but this will be <laughs> this will be the test. Um, if, if they lose this, they're, they're gone. So, yeah, the past uh, nine games against each other, the Roosters have won six. They are playing at the SCG, though, where the Roosters have won three of their past four games. So Manly do get the win. It'll be the first time since 2017 that they have won both their home and away games against the Roosters for the season. So it will be interesting. Just a few changes for each team. The Roosters, Egan Butcher is out with a failed HIA from the Broncos game. Siwat Wong will play his fourth game uh, and he will start for the first time. Drew Hutchinson is joining the bench and Jake Turpin will drop out of the, uh, drop out of the side to the reserves. For Manly, Ben Travojevic is returning from his hamstring injury, which sees Sean Kepi drop out of the squad. And Christian Tuipolotu will miss the next couple of weeks with a knee injury. Uh, and Raymond Tuimalo Vayanga will come in on the wing. So yeah, there's only a couple of changes there for each team. I am actually going to pick Manly for this one. I just think that they've shown a little bit more hunger to stay in the top eight. I know um, it's we've talked about it a lot before on the podcast that um it's very rare to see roosters outside of the eight, and it's kind of weird to be thinking that that's where they're at and I know they've got a lot to play for this game so maybe they will come out swinging and um and they could be the ones that get up get up but yeah I'm actually thinking that Manly will continue to find the form and um actually get this win what do you think, Lainey?
0: Yeah I agree with you I think um Manly are probably showing a lot more positive signs um about what the rest of their season looks like compared to the Roosters just about the Roosters I was watching the Broncos Roosters match and wondered how on earth did the Roosters beat the Warriors twice this season? You know, um, and I know there's been a lot of fan chat singling out some players that have been, you know, overhyped. I do feel the Roosters are such a target for journalists though. Um, it feels like the NRL and the rugby union are all jumping on to find something to write about, but I do think that they're a little bit unfocused, the Roosters and, there is a lot going on there. I'm, I'm not entirely sure what it is, and we'll never really know the full story. <laughs> you know, we'll always get speculation. But uh, in terms of like keeping, um, you know, things, I guess you could say, tidy and um, and ensuring that there isn't any negative news coming out. There isn't anything negative I hear coming out from the Manly camp. Do I mean? I hear that they're focused. They've, you know, they've got their eyes, you know, firmly set on um, getting into finals. And yeah, I agree with you. I think we're going to see some improvement. You know, again. They do have guys on their side who, you know, they really rely on. You know, I mean, even though Traboyevich is out, there was that little blip in their season with, you know, obviously a lot of injuries um, affecting some of those key players. I think now that the team have sort of adapted without him, they're they're working well together, uh, and I can see them, um, yeah, staying staying pretty close to the eight to get into the finals. I'm with you on Manly.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I'll eat my words. Um, I did say. A while ago that i thought their season was pretty much done um when when jake was out and um tommy was out and i just didn't couldn't see him coming back from that but they've managed to hang in there and i'm hoping that they can keep hanging in there and make the top eight be, mm-hmm. would be cool to see yeah.
0: all right thank you emma all right so for the first match on friday this should be a cracker uh so tune into this one uh the gold coast titans are hosting the new zealand warriors at their home ground on the gold coast So I'm kind of unsure if any of you have spent time on the Gold Coast, but I'd say there are just as many Warriors fans living out there as there are Titans supporters. When I first moved to Australia, that was actually a really popular Kiwi migration spot. So the Titans are likely grinning a little wider as they had an awful run leading up to their last match against the Cowboys, only to surprise many, including us, coming out with a victory with a final score of 22-13. Jeez, that game. Anyway, the Warriors managed to steal that win in, their, their win in round 21 over the Raiders. But like Gabby touched on last, but yeah, my heart was pounding hard in those last five minutes. I think that was the only time my husband told me to keep it down while I was watching the game. So to the teams for the Titans, uh, fullback AJ Brimson, he's been cleared from his rib injury and he will be starting. So that's always a little concerning is I kind of find ribs a very difficult to heal. So hopefully he doesn't re-injure himself and he's okay to remain on for the match. Also, uh, Santo Jojo Fafita, he's out with an ankle injury. And Aaron Shook, he wears the number four jersey in place of Fafita. So Tino Fa'asul he still has another match to sit aside in his suspension, although the team were able to show they could win without him last week. And to the Warriors, the same side that beat the Raiders has been named for this match, New Nyukore, he's been cleared of a head knock from that Raiders match. So he'll be starting in the second row. And Jazz Tevanga is named as the 18th man. So he's back from a calf injury, which he sustained in round eight, I think. So both these teams met last year. The Titans had close margin wins over the Warriors uh, both each time. And between the two sides, they look somewhat even. But I always come back to that Titans second half where they have shown they can lose a little bit of puff. When the Warriors are a team that has shown they are patient and they can come back in the second half. So the Titans in their last match, they're a little more effective in their defense. And it was perhaps Val Holmes's sin binning in that match that this momentum really shifted for the Cowboys. And Titans just had more ball possession, better kicking meters, and didn't have as many missed tackles. And they were just able to pull their attack together. I know you can't really judge a team from a single game, but the Warriors have four wins from their last five games. And the Titans only have one of their past five, albeit some of them were close margins that the Titans lost. And we've seen some elements of good football and maybe 50-50 calls that have gone against them. So the Titans, they've got a pretty challenging draw ahead if they're hoping to make a serious play toward finals. It has been an up and down season, although they did beat the Broncos a few rounds back and recently the Cowboys. So, you know, maybe they can bring it together for the big matches. But the Warriors, they play quite well in away games and they've shown that they can win at home. Although I'm interested to see how they perform after a bye, because sometimes teams that come off a bye, they're just a little bit slow to get off the mark and um, maintain that momentum. So historically, the Warriors, they've had more wins over the Titans. The Warriors last game before this at home against the Raiders, I thought it was in the bag, actually, until the final five minutes where they just relax their defence to let the Raiders run through two tries, if it wasn't for that field goal from SJ and Golden Point to get the win, fans would have gotten pretty angry, especially at the Warriors, not, not at the referee. So Warriors, if they really are serious about making footy finals, that match shows some slack defence and fitness that needs attention. Now, I remember 2011 when they made the finals and got to the grand final. And I would argue they don't have all the experience in the current squad to be in finals football. And Ivan Cleary was their coach at the time when they got to the grand final. So I'm kind of hopeful of them making the finals and the grand final, as I shared last week. But I'm hoping that all of this momentum and what they've been doing is really going to help them and get them to where they need to be, because I feel like there's a lot of new Kiwi fans that have jumped on the bandwagon to support the Warriors. I am tipping the Warriors due to many factors, but most of all, they show that they do learn from their losses or close losses. Um, Andrew Webster would have spent a bit of time working with the squad to make sure there's no repeat like that last match. And they have evidence of good outcomes to reflect and build on that have resulted in wins. Perhaps much more evidence this season than the Titans. So I'm going for the Warriors. What do you reckon, Emma?
1: I like the look of the Warriors better. Um, I think it's just going to come down to grit and who really wants this win more. Uh, I think that correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the Titans are in the same sort of boat as the Roosters. Like they could make the top eight if they get every single game. I might be wrong there, but I think so just by my (laughs) terrible maths. Um, But yeah, so I think if they really, really are serious about still making that top eight, they really need to come out and win this game. And I don't see that it's impossible. Um, They did surprise me last week and pulled off that win against the Cowboys. So I know they've, they've got it in them. Uh, It's just whether they can get it on the day and, the Warriors, I feel like, I'm more confident with them, but I think I think the win means a lot more to the Titans. So maybe maybe I'm going to go to the Titans for the upset. I think it's a it's a big call. I know, like I think the the Warriors are a safer bet, mm. but um, but yeah, they could pull something special out of the hat for um, just a attempt at making that that eight spot.
0: Yeah, and their attack was pretty good second half, like last yeah. last week. And you know, again, this is a team that usually snoozes, you know, for the second half, but. Yeah, they the kind of hot and cold and very up and down when it comes yeah. to the second half. But, you know, I'm hoping they're spending all week, you know, maintaining that, you know, that mindset where you visualise and you, like, you know, talk yourself up to the thing and it usually manifests itself on the field. Not too much for the Warriors to lose. But so I can see why you're saying that um, there is a possibility of an offset there because they could they could actually show that they
1: can work it out. Yeah, and I think, like you said, this, the Warriors don't really have – much to lose from this game whether they win it or not it's not really going to make much difference to the um their finals and they could be deciding to play this smart and actually just use it as a bit of a training match play some plays that they're not really used to instead of just being really safe they could just be practicing things that they're going to need to do in the finals so Mm. um who knows how they're going to try and uh play the game yeah but, yeah, like I think the Titans will be coming out giving it everything they've got, whereas the Warriors, one, they're going to be trying to make sure they don't get injured. Um, so they might not be going 100% because they need all their their strongest men ready for the finals. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm not confident about tipping the Titans for sure, but <laughs> just think they have more to play for.
0: Yeah, you got some good points there. No, I hadn't actually thought of that. You know, they don't want to go full slog against a, a team that's outside of the eight where they could risk injury to some of their best players. And actually, the Warriors haven't exactly had, you know, the bluest skies when it comes to uh, injury. So, yeah, that's no, a good point. Not, it should be a great game to watch, but, yeah, yeah. No, good Excellent. call going for the Titans. I, I think that's, that's very balanced.
1: <laughs> I think it's risky, but <laughs> we'll see.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Emma. So the primetime slot on Friday is the one that I think a lot of people have been waiting for. So that is between the Penrith Panthers and the Melbourne Storm. And it's taking place in Penrith. So oh, this could be quite an interesting one. Now I know um you know Gabby would be coming with a whole lot of um uncertainty or nervousness and um a, a lot of stuff because I know we've all been watching the Panthers very closely and they've had a, a great run um in the past. Uh, like past few uh, weeks. So they're actually coming um, out with five straight wins coming into this particular match. The Melbourne Storm have only got three out of their five uh, past uh, matches where they've come away with the win. And the, it's kind of unusual because, you know, Earlier this year, the Panthers had dispatched the Storm quite easily with a score of 34 to 16. I think that was down in Melbourne. Um, And uh, I incorrectly had said, oh, my goodness, this is going to be in Melbourne, so obviously Melbourne's going to win. Not the case at all. However, this particular match is going to be watched by a lot of people, especially with where these two teams are positioned on the ladder. So Storm are sitting at fourth place. The Panthers are still sitting at the top. Um, I think they're sitting above the Broncos, and I think the Warriors are sitting at third. So this could be a very interesting match uh, for the Storm. It could be, like you say, Emma, in which, you know, the Panthers probably don't have to try as hard because they're already sitting in top spot. But I'm pretty sure that the Storm and with Craig Bellamy, they're not going to let this particular um, opportunity slide to stay in that top eight and also submit their position and return serve following that loss from earlier this season. What can we expect from this match?
1: Yeah, well, according to Gabby, and I think I've got to agree, this could be the match of the round. Um, Friday night, both heavyweight clubs set to face off for another game that has had a lot of rivalry over the years, as we as we know. Um, both sides only met a month ago at Marble Stadium with the Panthers without Nathan Cleary. Um, they did run down the Storm side, who shot out to a 14-0 to nil lead early. The contest provides a perfect opportunity for Bellamy's men to get into the groove of finals football, while for Ivan Cleary's side, they have one eye on the minor premiership with the Broncos giving them a good battle for the top spot. So the Broncos and uh and the Panthers are actually on the same amount of points. I think it's just that the Panthers have had an extra buy than the Broncos. Um yeah so that's very close there. Uh so for the Panthers um this week Zach Hosking has been named to replace the suspended Tyrone Peachy in the centers. Um although Isaac Targo's leg um he is back and has been named among the reserves and could potentially come into the side later in the week. Jamin Salmon is a new man on the bench. So that's the only changes that I can see for the Panthers. So for the Storm, Nelson Sofa solomona returns this week for Melbourne as he has recovered from his finger injury. This pushes Tom Eisenhoof to the bench and Tyron Wishart to the 18th man. Uh, Nelson played on the edge while Eli Katoa was out with an eye injury, but will most likely find himself back in the middle with Katoa having returned last week. Uh, In further great news for the Storm, Ryan Pappenhausen is edging closer to a comeback. He is playing for the Queensland Cup in um, a boost ahead of the finals. So, yeah, there's uh, speculation that he could be actually back by the end of the season. So we'll see how he goes this weekend. Um, But yeah, the Panthers have won four of their past six games against the Storm since losing the 2020 grand final. However, Storm have won seven of their past nine games against Penrith at this stadium. The Panthers have not beaten Melbourne twice in a regular season t- since 2005. So it'll be a tough one. Um, but for me, since Gabby's not here to defend them, I might might have to tip the Storm just for her. But this is going to be a really tough game, I think. Both teams are going to be fighting to kind of throw their weight around and um, prove that they actually deserve to be in that top four I guess it's not that important because they're still going to make the finals but i think it's yeah these are the two that could go on to be actually in the grand final position i think um so this is kind of a bit of a test ahead of that um yeah it'll be it'll be a good game for sure i i'm definitely not confident that the storm can get up but um since gabby's not here i know that she'll be tipping them so <laughs> i might go for them what are you thinking laney
0: I'm thinking you're right. Um, I, I have a feeling this is going to be a a Panthers a Panthers win. Well, and I also think you're right. Of course, Gabby's going to go for the storm. <laughs> she'll, she'll say probably after the spray that Craig Bellamy had given them about, you know, how they lost their last match against the Panthers, you know, something along those lines. I'd say they'll be watching that game footage a lot <laughs> to try and work out all the kinks of their game, but also watching a lot of the recent Panthers matches mm. um, where they've lost to work out like where, where the Panthers have been taken down, like, you know, like the Cowboys. The Cowboys beat the Panthers, but they didn't have the full squad there. But, you know, you can still see some kinks in their game. I'm going to go for the Panthers. It's difficult. Yeah. It's out at Penrith. That fan, um, just the crowd out there, they really come out to support them, like, very loudly. Um, and there aren't too many Storm fans that I think will making their way out to Penrith to support their side and be heard, you know, above that noise. So
1: I'm going to go for yeah. the Panthers. I think it's a safe bet. They're definitely heavily favourites, but um, it'll be a good game either way.
0: I also think that if Lachlan was here, he'd say, yeah, Panthers for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Gabby. (laughs) All right. Anyway, thanks, Emma. That's going to be great. I can just hear Gabby rolling her eyes as she listens to it. (laughs) So the first of the three matches for Saturday, it will be in Townsville with the North Queensland Cowboys hosting the Brisbane Broncos for a mid-afternoon match. When I can only imagine it will be warm and sunny for this Queensland derby. So, this is the 2015 grand final rematch. We've all like come to look forward to this particular <laughs> match of these two teams because I think the rivalry between these two sides are really boring. It feels like North Queensland versus Southeast Queensland. So, we've got one team very much in line to get to the grand final and the other pushing to get there. It's not quite a David and Goliath match, but more like little brother versus big brother. Emma, last week I said the Cowboys were on fire and any reluctance that we had in the Cowboys being able to take a victory away will now linger. (laughs) Well, they couldn't get the win and now they're at home in safe fan territory to get a win over the second place Broncos. Could this be another 2015 grand final outcome or are the Broncos the Big Brother team to show the Cowboys they are up in the top two for a reason? Step aside.
1: Yeah, well, good question. Um, I think I've said it before, but this is one of my favorite matchups for the year. Um, I always have to watch this game and it's super exciting, brings back a lot of memories. Um, yeah, it'll be it'll be tough and I think it'll be close um, because for some reason the Cowboys just managed to find a little bit extra when they're going up against the Broncos. They're really fighting hard to stay in that top eight. There's only two points separating the Rabbitohs, which are in sixth, and the Eels in 11th. So that is a lot going on right there that one game can kind of push you all the way up. The Cowboys are sitting in eighth, um, obviously. And yeah, every match from here will really (laughs) could be the end of the end of the season for them. The Broncos are fighting just as hard though, to get onto the top of the ladder currently just behind the Panthers. But as we spoke about before, they're actually on the same points. And if they were to win the minor premiership, it would be for the first time since 2000 when they went on to win the grand final. So That would be pretty exciting for them. And I think um, I would probably say they're thinking about that as well in the back of their mind, just the possibility of getting the minor premiership. And um, they're probably seeing the Cowboys as a team that they can get the win against again. Broncos just absolutely flogged the Roosters last week. And the Cowboys' six-game winning streak came to an end at the hands of the Titans, as we've already spoken about. Don't worry, the tears are dried up now. But, yeah, as I was talking about before, um, it's just, yeah, it was weird. I was fairly confident at the start. We were up and then the Titans just, yeah, came in and took over that second half. So I really hope that they don't do that again this week. Um, If they want to get close to even to beating the Broncos this weekend, they're going to really need to play a full uh, high energy game for the whole 80 minutes and just not slack off. Um, I think that's really the main thing. It's going to be a little bit. Different of a game without um, Val Holmes with his suspension. I think one thing that is positive for me at the moment is that they will be playing at home. And I think when they're playing away, they're a little bit, well, you could tell that they were tired. Well, they looked tired. And I don't know if that's just because of their travelling abilities. Um, so, yeah, that will be hopefully <laughs> an advantage for them. It's also arguably two of the best fullbacks in the game at the moment coming up against each other. Well, two of my favourite. Uh, fullbacks anyway so for the Cowboys team we've got um, Valentine Holmes who was unsuccessful in downgrading his careless high tackle charge uh, so he will miss the next four weeks unfortunately the full team list hasn't been updated yet but Zach Labor will be a likely replacement for him I quite like Zach I think he's got a lot of potential but coming up against the Broncos I think losing that experience of Val in the centers could cost us Reece Robson has been named despite his head knock, and Griffin Neem will also be returning from HIA protocols. Hillam Lukey will play his first game since round 16 as he returns from a facial fracture. Let's see on the only changes for the Cowboys. Uh, the Broncos, we've got winger Jesse Arthur is coming back from suspension, so Dane Mariner will shift back to the reserves. And Brendan Piakura is back from illness, so Keenan Pelagia will move to the bench, and Xavier Wilson will move to the reserves. I'm pretty sure it's going to be a nail-biter, as usual, for me at least. Uh, I'm hoping that the Cowboys can pull together something special and take the win. Probably safer bet to go with the Broncos because they're they're really just seeming unstoppable this season. They really impressed me the whole time. Um, And I know the Cowboys, they have been really good for the past six weeks. Um, Last week just really scared me a little bit. But um, (laughs) hopefully that's just ironing out the kinks before finals and that they win this game and actually make it to the finals. But I don't know what do you see happening, Laney? Oh
0: I see that Bell Holmes is the key player to the yeah. side. All right, cool. So yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go for Broncos. Um Adam Reynolds is a really good game manager. Um and like he's just proven over the season his experience and skill. Yeah, and I and like when you think about halfbacks, I mean would you say Chad Townsend is as good a halfback as Adam Reynolds?
1: No. Like, even no, though and I and I feel bad because I really like Chad, but he's definitely no Reynolds well you know who is in every play Tom did and he's been playing exceptionally well lately so yeah I think that kind of I think they even each other out pretty well actually um in the halves there, like I feel like Chad doesn't do as much um but maybe that's just how their dynamic works well
0: I am keen to see what Drinkwater and Walsh look like you know on the same field together oh that'd be great
1: I I think um Walsh has a lot more like aggression and hunger and <laughs> everything but um but Drinky's is a good player so it'll be it'll be exciting
0: I'm definitely keen to watch that match but uh yeah I'm going for the Broncos I'm sorry Emma I have no powers all right well thanks Emma So over in Western Australia, one of the Saturday matches is part of a doubleheader out in Perth. The Dolphins are facing the Newcastle Knights. The Dolphins are the apparent hosts for this match and they came away with a sad loss in the last round to the Canterbury Bulldogs, which was due to a missed conversion that could have won the game for the Dolphins. Anyway, the Knights, they've been sharpening their lances to skew another opponent in this tourney as they were victorious over the Raiders in the last round with a tidy 28-6 final score and the entire team is just working through some injured and tired teams at the tail end of the competition at the moment. So for the teams, for the Dolphins, Cody Nikarema, he'll move out of the 58 um, position and take place in the centers. So he'll be replacing Ewan Aiken who has a knee injury. Anthony Milford, he had a pretty good match last round. So he'll be the starting 5'8. Interested to see how he goes in that spot. As I often see, he can let the pressure get to him and make some like silly passes. Um, Connolly, um, Lemuelu, he returns from a head knock, and he's been named to play in the second row. And Isaiah Kator he's also named to start on the bench. So for the Knights, prop Daniel Safiti he's still nursing and quad injury, and so he's out. But the same team that beat the Raiders in round 22 will be turning up to play in this match against the Dolphins, hoping to make it four wins in a row. Well, if it's not broken, why we'll fix it? Hey, the coach doesn't make any changes. Well, I've got my own thoughts about that. But... For that last match for the Dolphins, usually Jermaine Isaako he's a lot neater with his kicking, but in that last match, if he got all of his conversions, they could have won that game. But anyway, the Dolphins compared to the Bulldogs had a better completion rate, more offloads and much more effective defense. But if they just couldn't hold on. Also, Isaako was likely working on his kicking all week in the lead up to this particular night's match, but he's scored eight tries in the past nine games for the Dolphins. So he is earning points for the team. Uh, which is good. And also, like, you know, he's a great kicker, as I touched on before. I have actually been wondering if the Dolphins is just another team to fall victim to a sharper and more determined night. Because the Dolphins have won only one of their five away games this season, which is not a very good stat. And coming into this match with another away match, despite the fact that they are the apparent hosts in Perth, I do often think that travelling teams into different time zones, it can really upset their preparation and that circadian rhythm. But yeah, with those things together, it, it could actually make this particular match close. So if the Knights build on this, they could be the team to watch in the new season as well. I mean, like if they don't make it, um, you know, into the eight, but certainly they're making a big push for it. But they're upsetting upsetting a few big teams uh, late in the season. But like Gabby said last week, not a team to sleep on. This could be a runaway match or an awesome one to watch. So both teams traveling the night seem to have a good away record as of late. There were some imperfect moments from the Knights in that Raiders match, though. They were still able to get the win, but they just need to tidy up a bit of that defensive discipline. But they probably use their interchanges better. I'm excited to see how they are performing, but they could possibly sneak into the finals. Look, a couple of players to call out. Phoenix Crossland, he just continues to impress me each week for the Knights. I can see him getting picked up by another club, but I think he can do good things if he remains at the Knights. Also, Calen Ponga just upped his game in the past few rounds. He has been great to watch and he's on a new level, which we've been hoping to see since the start of the season because he had a bit of a slow start and there was all this media attention around him. But yeah, I can see that he's come into himself with a little bit more confidence. But earlier this year, the Dolphins beat the Knights 36-20 and the Knights over the season, they've got one more win than the Dolphins. So I guess you could say it's like the tortoise and the hare. You know, the Dolphins are a strong starter, but a weak finisher, but the Knights being the slow starter and a strong finisher to the season. So this will be a pretty interesting match. So with Dom Young needing one more try to equal the club record for most tries in a season, and Greg Marsh leading the NRL for tackle breaks, the Knights, they've got a really good attacking squad. I think the Dolphins could take a lot of lessons from their last match and improve on a lot Coming into this match, the Dolphins have got some impactful players in their ranks and some good experience that some of the veteran players can use to their advantage to antagonize opposition, slow down the ball and really get under their skin. So for this match, I'm tipping a very close result. It could be the Knights that get the win because they have been playing the long game probably a lot better than the Dolphins. They've had, um, and the Dolphins have had a lot of changes and injuries hanging around, including this poor record that they have with away games. It's hard for me to tip with confidence the Dolphins, which is the reason why I'm going for the Knights. What do you reckon, Emma?
1: Yeah, I think this is a really hard one for me as well because I still like Dolphins and I don't want to give up on them. But I'm just looking at the team list and I'm really liking the Knights. Like, as you said, all those players are really starting to um, impress me more than, like, usually I kind of overlook the Knights a little bit. But as you said, like, Ponga's is finding a new level. Um, Brevin best there. Greg Marjorie, like they all have been really doing impressive things um, and I think it's just the Dolphins are struggling to keep up with the standard now. They came out really strong in the season and shut a lot of people up, but now we're getting sort of to the end of the season. Um, everyone else is upping their game a little bit and the Dolphins are still just kind of not – I don't think they've gotten worse. I think they're just not, not getting up like the rest of the teams are sort of bringing a bit more, I think. So I, I really don't want to tip against the Dolphins, but I think the Knights have, yeah, they're looking good. I'm gonna go the Knights. And like
0: Bradman Best has decided to sort of turn up his game as well since he's come back from origin. Yeah. So yeah, just that whole all of them, all those backs are just firing at the moment. So
1: yeah. Yeah, and like he's paired up against um Tavares, And I think like I really like him. I think he's I think he's good. He's he's a bit of a, a bit of a weapon. Um, but I think Bradman Best is just kind of on a on a whole new level at the moment, so, mm,
0: yeah, I think he's just sort of come out of origin after there were all those doubts, and he's sort of proven, yeah, i can I can play the big game, and um, I think he's just sort of maintained that momentum coming out, and he's playing great footy. um, I like valence, um he's he's a great player, um, but I can actually see Bradman running around him, um yeah. you know, if they sort of square up in, in that sort of situation. Okay, so the final match was Saturday was also in Perth as part of that double header. So the South City Rabbitohs are the apparent hosts for this match as they meet up with the Cronulla Sharks. So having only won two of their recent five matches, both sides will be looking to find the win to stay in the top eight because the Bunnies are on sixth on the table and the Sharks are next um, on the rung down on number seven. Although the Rabbitohs had a win last week over the Tigers with a final score of 32-18 and the return of Latrell Mitchell, was perhaps the result many expected as the Bunnies had their full team back. So the Sharks, they had three straight losses, which has cast more doubt among observers with some concern about them making finals. It really was a clinical win from the Penrith Panthers taking them out 28-0. I'm sorry, but I remember actually reading through Twitter and all the comments and Sharks fans were not at all happy. All right, so to the teams for the Rabbitohs, prop Tom Burgess and second row Michael Chikam, They've been named on the starting side. James Selye, he's injured. And Jacob Host, they both drop out of the side. Talis Duncan is the new in for the Bunnies, as he's named to stay on the bench. Also, Latrell Mitchell is only two tries away from reaching his 100 NRL try milestone. So there's one thing I know about the Bunnies. You know, they really do turn up for big matches to get these big sort of wins. So I have a feeling this could be a good motivator for them and a good motivator for Latrell to show he's still in form and he's on fire. So for the Sharks, Will Kennedy, he remains sidelined with a hamstring injury. And so Connor Tracy will move to the fullback position. Ronaldo Molizzalo's jaw seems to be okay. So he's been named to return on the wing. Jesse Cole-Cohen is named on the bench and he's back from suspension. Oregon see he drops out of the squad. And also, just another note, Wade Graham will play his 250th game for the club this weekend. So that could be a good reason for the team to try and get a win. Look, 250 games, it's a pretty good milestone as well. So congrats to Wade Graham. for this match, as I mentioned before about the travelling, The bunnies have been traveling a lot actually these past few weeks. I think last week they were up in Bundaberg, I think it was. So here they are going all the way across country to Perth. So look, hopefully all that travel has not upset their ability to, you know, prepare well ahead of this match. But for this, I'm actually tipping the rabbit toes. They've actually won five of their last seven matches against the Sharks. And the Sharks, they've conceded 102 points in their last three matches. (laughs) Look, so I don't think, There is much more I can say about the Sharks that people haven't already said. And I know we covered this a lot last week about, you know, making comments that we're seeing the wheels fall off. You know, there's something that's sort of happening there at the Sharks. I think there's sort of coming into a few more injuries now, you know, the depth is really being tested. Rabbitohs are at full strength, sharp. The the Sharks are starting to wane a little bit um, as we get closer and closer to finals. I, I'm not sure I have the confidence to tip the Sharks with this match. Even when I go back and look at the statistics with that match against the Panthers, they were just outclassed and outmatched. There was... Any time that they tried to make a play, it you know it was with too much desperation and urgency, and the Panthers expected it and shut them down, and that's why they weren't able to get any points um, on the board, which is a little bit embarrassing for them. And I and I don't want to keep sounding like I'm being negative um, about the Sharks, but I mean there is a reality check here that you know here is a team that is sitting you know very you know very high up here in the top half of the uh, the draw. Uh, I mean, of the uh, of the table, and um, you know they're probably now rethinking what are we going to do different. I mean, from three straight losses, yeah, it's it's difficult for me to to say that sharks have this. If they do come out great, they're going to save their season, but they've got a very challenging uh, draw ahead of them. So I can't I can't deny the bunnies are going to get the win on this. What do you reckon, Emma?
1: Yeah, I think you're right. Um, it was not that long ago that the rabbitos were um sitting pretty nicely up in that number one spot. And um, I don't think that's that probably similar to what I was saying with the Dolphins, I don't think it's that Sharks are playing that bad. It's just that they haven't really pulled out anything special, um, whereas the other teams are sort of bringing a little bit more to the table now that it's coming close to finals and they're um, working on new combinations and they're getting everything sort of together at this pointy end of the season. And um, Sharks just haven't been able to step up as much as, as they probably need to when they're, fighting for that top eight spot and I yeah I I kind of see them starting to drop off a little bit um I I would like to see them get another win but I think this one's going to be the the rabbitos
0: okay thank you everyone
1: all right so the first
0: of the Sunday matches it's out in Parramatta uh with Parramatta Eels taking the St. George Illawarra Dragons for an early afternoon match and the Eels fell to the storm in their last match and even a few rungs as they are now eleventh on the ladder, the dragons are still sixteenth on the ladder and they've only won five of their nineteen matches this season compared to the eels that have won ten out of their twenty. So we've got a fifty percent winning rate a fifty percent winning side versus a 26 percent rate winning side or I don't know, is that a seventy four percent losing side? However you look at it. Emma, will the Eels be looking to self-correct after their loss in the last round and take the win for their two points to keep their finals hope alive? And do we think that uh, Gabby's partner is hopeful of the Eels' chances that they've got some big teams to overcome after the Dragons match?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, like you said, they really um they really need this win if they wanna if they want to get back into that winning circle c- circle. And um I'm sure he I'm sure he is hoping that they're gonna get back up there. Um Surely against the Mystical Dragons they could do it, but <laughs> who knows, I guess. Uh, only three games against the Broncos, Roosters, Panthers to come before a bye in round 27. It's crucial. Brad Arthur's men take care of business against the 16th place Dragons at Combank Stadium on Sunday. Meanwhile, the Dragons have shown some positive signs in the recent weeks, overcoming West Tigers in round 21 and taking the Eagle- Sea Eagles to the wire at home. But it doesn't get any tougher than facing sides off fighting for their finals fate. So, yeah, a lot to play for for the Eels and um, Dragons trying to stay off that bottom spot. The Eels' Dylan Brown returns um, this week for his first game since Round 13 after serving a seventh match suspension. He will step back into 5 eighth in place of Dejan Asi. Isaac Lumilumi comes in on the wing in place of Waka Blake. Additionally, Joe Hengawi and Ryan Madison and Joey Lussick have all been named to start. This shifts Andrew Davey to the bench, Brennan hands to 18th man, and Hickey Ogden to the reserves. remove Greg returns from a foot injury and has been added to the bench along with Makahesi Makatoa. For the Dragons, uh, this week interim coach Ryan Carr has named the same 17 that went down narrowly to the Sea Eagles, but he will need to find a new lock after Jack DeBellin failed in his bid to have a dangerous contact charge downgraded at the NRL judiciary on Tuesday night. So Ben murdoch Masila. Has been named among the reserves as he closes in on a return from a knee injury, while Jack Bird is also part of the extended squad. The Eels have won 10 of their last 13 uh, matches between the two sides. Um, They've also won six of their past seven games at this stadium, and the Dragons have unfortunately lost all nine of their away games this season. So they're not travelling too well, but they're also just not playing too well in general. Um, I do feel for them, but this I feel like is. Quite an easy Eels game for me. Um, <laughs> I don't really know what else to say for the poor old Dragons. But, um, yeah, Eels Eels need this win. Uh, I think Dragons already know that their season's over um, and I don't see them being able to really pull much together to get the win. Um, don't really know what else to say there. But is that what your thoughts are, Lainey, or Michael and completely
0: yeah. No, no, you're right. <laughs> I imagine Gabby would say, yeah, I'm going for Para because I think that all of the reasons that you've outlined, and then she'll say, um, and I probably won't be going for the dragons because I haven't been backing them all season. So, yeah, this is definitely a power win.
1: <laughs> and also the dragons are deceitful. Don't forget yes, that part.
0: <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I also think that um, Lachlan, you know, would actually support the fact that the eels would be the one to uh, get the win here. I know that the dragons are really weird. Um, I took them last week. Um, I think it's because of their magical status. Um, that that I sometimes feel that they're able to do something and maybe they're going to take a leaf out of the night's book I I doubt it and (laughs) think you know what we should do we should just go out there and just ruin everyone's hopes and dreams of um, sitting (laughs) in the in the uh, in the ladder and maybe just upset more people Um, and then of course just you know upset also all the the, the betting agency instead of been relying on them to be the usual performers for this. I look, I am going to back the eels. I think they can do quite well. My cab driver, who I had last night, will be quite happy about that. He even said to me, Oh yeah, dragon's easy. That's what he said to me last <laughs> night. So there, a lot of people are pretty confident they'll get the win here. But you know, sometimes teams are a little too confident can end up um, coming in with too much arrogance as well and be surprised. So, yes, I will comfortably tip the eels, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Dragons just decided, you know what, stuff it. (laughs) We're going to ruin it for everyone. I don't know if you watched, I can't remember what match it was, a few rounds ago, I think it was Rabalawa, was like hobbling around the field after like a tackle that he took and he was just sort of like skipping along on one leg along the wing there. And then out of nowhere, I think it was, Zach Lomax just happens to find him on the wing. When, when no one was defending that side thinking, oh, yeah, is not going to get there. You know, we don't have to really defend this. And then Lomax comes out of nowhere and flicks this pass out to him on the wing, which was a perfect, perfect flick pass. Ravlova just happens to get there, scores a try, and I'm like, "Dude was playing possum the whole time with this <laughs> yeah. hobble around the wing to sort of get the uh, defending team to think, oh, no, we don't have to cover that. <laughs>
1: Well, like Gabby would say, they're deceitful.
0: (laughs) Thank you, Emma. And so for the final match of the NRL on Sunday at 4.05pm is in Canberra with the Canberra Raiders hosting the West Tigers for what has become a bit of an upset Sunday. I mean, every time the final match of Sunday comes around, it's always a little bit unexpected. So, hmm. So both teams are coming into this with two straight losses. Although before that, the Canberra Raiders were enjoying enjoying a little bit of a winning streak. So they were dispatched quite easily last week. The Raiders against the Knights with a 28-6 scoreline that we mentioned earlier. And the Tigers, they're coming into this also with a loss with um, to the South Sydney Rabbitohs last week with 32-18. These two sides, interesting, interesting. Between them both... The Raiders have had 11 out of 19 wins this season, and the Tigers have only had three, three wins out of 19. That is quite a stat. So, of course, it's no surprise that the Tigers are sitting at the bottom of the table on number 17. We've already talked about how the Raiders are sitting on number five. We're talking about teams who cause upsets on Sunday. It could be interesting what this outcome is for this match. Who knows? Tigers, maybe they play great footy on Sundays. I'm I'm never sure. So the Tigers have also come in to this with pretty much five straight losses. So they've just not been winning very much at all. But like last year, even then, their record against the Raiders, not very good. And earlier this year, they lost to the Raiders by a single point. So let's go to the team's. For the green machine, the Raiders, Jordan Rapana, he's been named at the fullback position for the Raiders, which means Sebastian Chris will move into the centres. Nick Kotrick, he'll be returning and he will be on the wing. Uh, New man on the bench is uh, Adrian Trevillian and Tom Starling will be going to the reserves. So Trevelyan, he made his appearance against the Cowboys early last season, and this will be him back from an ACL injury. So it'll be great. I think um, Raiders fans will be happy to see him out there and, you know, he's able to get a run. Um, And also it just means he's had good recovery. But, you know, fingers crossed he doesn't re-injure it again because sometimes when you're absent from play for a long time, there's a little bit of hesitancy as to how you play too. Um, But also, like, the uh, likelihood of re-injuring is also very high. So over to the West Tigers, uh, Stefano Utuikamanu, and Sean Bloor, they are going to be out for this game, which is kind of sad for the Tigers because those two can really be really quite impactful. So they are missing the, uh, the game because they're under the concussion um, protocols. Alex Twell, he's been named to start. And Justin Matamua, he's been added to the bench. James Simpkin and Asun Bauer They will be on the bench, a bit of a new bench. As usual, things are sort of getting changed around a little bit um, at the Tigers squad. Um, And 5'8", Thane Laurie, he's actually been named to uh, play. There was some concern about a knee injury he had, but, you know, he's been named on the sign. So these two sides, look, it's over in Canberra. And I know last week I was rubbishing the fact just because it's in Canberra doesn't mean they're going to get the win in front of their home side. But I have a feeling Canberra – might not come away for a win with this. And the only reason I say that is these are the most changes that I have seen Ricky Stewart make to his side in, in quite a few rounds. Like there, there's a there's quite a few movements um, uh, to the squad. I'm tipping that the Tigers might actually upset this um, on, on this particular match. There's not a lot of evidence that I can put against it except the fact that I have a feeling they'll be much like uh, the Dragons thinking, look, we're at the bottom. We've got nothing to lose. We've got everything to win, you know. We're still, yeah. Um, but, you know, there are some good elements in the Tigers' um, game. The Canberra Raiders look; they'll probably win it. <laughs> if I'm going to be thinking with my head here, um, it, it feels like all of this sort of middle of the season work that they were building on, and like again, we talk about the fact that they're sitting so high on the table; they're kind of snuck in there. But I'm, I'm kind of seeing them perhaps just sliding in form a little bit, um, and I, and I don't know. Uh, like, I know that they came away with um, only a one point loss to the to the Warriors a, a couple of weeks ago, and then they lost to the Knights. I mean, this feels really unusual. They're, they're really outside of their normal, um, you know, their normal form. So either those two matches are just like the the beginning of the end for them. I don't know, but like even when I've been watching the last couple of weeks, they've just not been connecting. Um, and I feel like Ricky making all these changes is a little bit of a desperate move to try and hold on to it. But again, when you make these sorts of changes, like putting Rapana out at fullback and then Sebastian, Chris at centers, it's it's just a a different sort of dynamic on the team. And I think they might be a little bit unsettled. Those are my thoughts, Emma. I'm I'm calling my head's calling for Raiders, but my heart's going for Tigers because I think they could possibly upset this for the Raiders.
1: Yeah, I um can agree with a lot of your points there it's a weird one I'm also sensing something's just not right it could be could be an upset from the Tigers here and just some weird things like uh that Adrian Revillion. um yeah I'm not sure like why you would bring him back just after it like he's just coming back from ACL injury it's like we're going into finals like is he expecting to play him in the finals because I don't know it's kind of like it's the end of the season I would be getting the team that's ready unless you're trying to like rest people specifically that you want in the finals but i don't know i just it kind of doesn't make sense to me you not think this
0: sure. is this is tricky ricky trying to work the long game
1: cuz remember yeah, how they rested
0: croker for the 300 and
1: yeah yeah maybe it's maybe it's just that maybe just mind games but i don't know maybe he's thinking oh well we've got this player we can rest some other people so they're not so they're at the best and they've got fresh legs for for the Finals, I'm not too sure, but I just feel like the the changes are a little bit like, oh, it's against the Tigers. We can get comfortable with this. Let's make some changes and rest some people or um, find some new, I don't know what's going on. But if if it is that, um, maybe they are a little bit too confident. Yeah, I think you're
0: right. Actually, I suspect that he's like Ricky Stretz. Probably gone. It's only the Tigers at the bottom of the table. Even if we lose, he's probably done all of the mathematics as to where they'll still maintain their position in the top eight, and he thinks that this is a good opportunity to give um, Trevillian a run. So at least yeah. he's got he's got some like, meters under his belt and some games in the lead up for if they need him, you know, for finals, um, just to sort of build out that depth a little bit. And I think he's also trying to put a few players into different positions in case he does have to prepare himself to play them out of their usual position, you know, leading up to finals. So yeah, I, now that you know on those points that you've made, I, I do feel like this is Ricky playing a bit of a long game, switch up to to uh, help his side. With uh, resting players, but yeah, no reason given for Croker out.
1: Yeah, and I mean, if he if that if there is no reason, then that's definitely what he's doing. He's trying to rest him and make sure he's ready. And very smart um, to put people in different positions and give him a go because, really, as you said, it is the Tigers. So without being mean or anything, like it's it's not like it's really a game that's going to be hard for them to do. Um, but even if they lose, I don't think he cares. Like they're in fifth place. Like they're not going to make, be the minor premiers. And if they do lose, they should still stay in the top eight. Exactly. Um,
0: this is a safe play for for Ricky.
1: Yeah, he can um, he can kind of get ready for the rest of the season. Um, it may backfire if they lose this and then they go on to lose another game. Then they're actually starting to get into a bit of hot water. But I think this is probably a a smart move for getting ready for finals. Which means that tipping the Tigers is probably not not a silly idea. I do think that the Tigers have a chance, just because it seems like they the Raiders are a little bit comfortable. But um, I think Raiders is probably still a smart, safe, safe option.
0: And there you have it, everyone. That is our show. Thank you so much, Emma. As always, a lot of fun, and you're always so insightful. We missed you, Lachlan and Gabby, but we look forward to having you join us next week. To our listeners, wishing your team a great round of football with no injuries and no suspensions. And if you are heading out to any of the matches, please be safe and have fun. Listeners, we truly appreciate your support and hope you can tune in regularly. So please feel free to tell a friend about our show and help us to spread the word. Until next time, take care of yourselves and each other.